take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experiences working with thousands of couples for over 15 years. You know, everyone says you need to work on a relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they need to do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with. In today's episode, we will be interviewed by the host of Butterflies in My Stomach, Angela Zender. Um, She does a podcast on uh, anxiety, specifically. And uh, in this episode, we're talking about uh, dating. Yep, and anxiety around dating. And anxiety around dating, right. And she is our daughter-in-law. And she is our (laughs) daughter-in-law, yes. And she's got a great podcast, so, you know, anyone out there is... If you're interested in the topic about anxiety and and everything about that, um, she does a really great job on that podcast. Mm-hmm. And so we will be uh, talking about that, about uh, our perspective on working with couples that, well, not necessarily couples, but individuals who are dating. Right. Um, and just kind of some of the observations we've seen around that. One of the interesting things that, you know, we've observed in working with single people is if they haven't done their own work, if they don't know themselves, if they haven't become the person that they want to spend the rest of their lives with, they tend to attract partners who they think will complete them. Uh, I like using the example of a billboard and that the beliefs that we have about ourselves, the way we feel about ourselves is kind of like a message that we put on a billboard that for everyone to see. And there are certain people that are going to be attracted to that message. And there are going to be certain people who don't even pay attention to that message. Mm-hmm. And that certainly applies when it comes to dating. Right. You know, if we get wounded through relationship and we heal through relationship, then we will attract someone who's at that level of health that we are at. And so when you work on yourself as an individual person, you automatically level up in your relationships. That's why, you know, you hear me talk about that one-year plan. Like when a relationship ends, take a year off. Take a year to know yourself. Take a year to figure out, you know, what what you need to do to have a better self-esteem and a more full life. It's always really exciting to me to see single people who are really rocking it. You know, when you're single, everybody asks you, so when are you going to get married? But when you're married, nobody's like, hey, when are you getting divorced? Right, right. You know, it's like it's supposed to be some temporary type of status and not just a way of living life. And there's, there's some people that do singlehood awesomely. Absolutely. And then there are people that don't do it so well. Right. So we have a really great episode that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay tuned uh, right after the a message from our sponsor. And also stay tuned on Thursday because we will be releasing two episodes. Right two episodes on dating right and so we have a a great episode on single men that uh, a panel of single men that will be talking about their experience in dating 
and then also a, a panel of two single women mm-hmm. who will be talking about their perspective on dating yeah. as well. So, without further ado. This episode is sponsored by the Lighthouse Emotional Wellness Center in Schaumburg, Illinois, offering the most comprehensive and effective family counseling program in the Midwest called Family Synergy Therapy. For more information on how we can help you and your family, look us up online at lighthouseemotionalwellness.com. Hello again, and welcome to the Butterflies in My Stomach podcast. I'm your host, Angela Zender, and I'm sitting with two wonderful people today. That is Dr. Ray and Jean Cadcodian. They are the founders of the Lighthouse Emotional Wellness Center in Schaumburg, Illinois. They also have their own podcast called Couples Synergy. And above all, they are my mother and father-in-law. Thanks for sitting with me. Thanks for having us on the podcast, yeah, it's Ange. good to see you. <laughs> Thanks. So before we dive into our topic today, will you both please tell us just a bit more about yourself so our listeners can learn a little bit more? So we have been married since 1998. Mm-hmm. We have Valentine's two, Day. Yep. Yeah, two kids and a daughter-in-law. Yes, we we do. And we started Lighthouse in 2002 where we've been working with couples and created our our unique method of working with couples called Couples Energy. We also incorporated Couples Energy as an independent company just this past July, July 4th. This is now 2019. And then we also launched our podcast called Couples Synergy: Real Couples, Real Stories at the same time. Where we interview couples about their relationships and other people about their relationships or experts. Right. And some fun things about us. What what don't we enjoy? <laughs> Scuba diving, motorcycling, hang gliding was hiking, was recent hiking, all sorts of fun things. All sorts of fun and things. crashing weddings. So, what we're going to talk about today, because we have two relationship experts, a lot of your work are is with couples and helping them improve their lives. And I'm sure in that work, you're also talking to and helping out people who are single and maybe looking for a romantic relationship, looking for a long-term partnership. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I was thinking about that would make young adults, especially very anxious today is dating, because not only is it scary to go out and meet someone new with the intention of getting to know them better and then hopefully, you know, sharing a romantic relationship with them. But in this day and age, there's a lot of craziness because of all these different avenues people have for finding a mate, a potential partner. So online dating, that's been around for a little while. There's different sites, right? Specific ones based on religion even. And then there's also more recently all these dating apps. Tinder is one, Bumble is another, and then there's many others. Yep. And they have their own kind of policies, idea where maybe the female would reach out first, things like this, right? That's something Mm -hmm. that Bumble does. So I am wondering, asking both of you, what kind of anxiety do you think single people are facing when they approach dating in this digital age? 
You know, our perspective is we don't have our, our ear to the ground as closely as most people would because we did not meet online. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we never really had the experience of dating online. We have had many clients come in because they're trying to seek out a partner online. Mm-hmm. And there are, as you said, many, many sites out there. There's actually 8,000, about 8,000 online dating sites. Wow, wow. And the statistics actually show that nearly 50 million people have tried online dating. So it, it has become the leading kind of structure, I, I would say, mm-hmm. as far as how couples meet each other now. Right. Or at least how couples are dating mm-hmm. or initially dating, right? Yeah, I think some of the things that we see with people are they don't know how to present themselves authentically in the digital world, right? And so they're they're often not presenting their real self. And and I think that leads to mismatches, would you say? Well, it, in essence, mm-hmm. it's an advertisement. Right. You know, you're creating an advertisement about yourself. And so you have to be able to conceptualize yourself as a product and create the, the advertising campaign for your product and put it out there and be able to attract a certain demographic mm-hmm. and what you're specifically looking for. Right? I think I think a lot of women, they present themselves as wanting to be carefree and have fun when they're actually looking for a committed relationship, you know, and, and then they're, they're getting asked out, but then it doesn't go anywhere. I think that's because they are presenting themselves in a way that they think guys want mm-hmm. or that guys are looking for. What are guys looking for? Um, girls who like to go hiking and, uh, <laughs> well, I say that jokingly, but you know, there is that comedian, what mm-hmm. was her name? Eliza or something like that. She jokes about that, yeah. right. About girls online. They say, Oh, I like to go hiking, you know, but really they really don't. They really you know? never hiked. <laughs> but they're thinking that guys like that guys want someone who's outdoorsy. Right? And active and, and in active. Shape. Sure. So I I think it's also another difficult thing to convert from looking at someone's bio to sending some texts or emails or however they do that to talking on the phone to meeting in person Mm -hmm. as opposed to I saw you across the room. You know, so when it's digital, you have to convert through all those different levels and you don't have all the things that we use as human beings to be attractive to someone else, the way we smell, the way we carry ourselves, the tone of our voice. Just pheromones in general, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That when you are within physical proximity of a person, there are a lot of subtle messages that are given off that we don't really pick up on, you know, like body language and just facial expressions, Mm -hmm. you know, and as you said, you know, uh, smell, right? Mm -hmm. Just the pheromones and, and the attraction is more organic that way, more natural, right? you know, than looking at someone or someone's picture, someone's chosen picture, mm-hmm. you know, online and, and trying to find attraction in that way. Right. And, you know, they also, when you are meeting someone in person, you're doing something because you have a common interest that has brought you to this place together. When you meet online, there, there may be no lines of intersection at all. And then I think the worst thing people do is they go on a, an interview instead of a date. So they meet across a cup of coffee or a cocktail and sort of interview each other 
where we really recommend that people go out and do activities, go out and, and do something fun together because then you have a more natural way of getting to know the person. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I'm thinking when you're dating online or you're using those apps, it's like you're comparing. So, so if I find a match online, I'm comparing that person again to the many other matches to on specific apps to the many pictures that I just filtered through to see this person, right? So it's an advertisement, as you both mentioned. And I, how can I focus on this one person when I'm comparing them to everyone else? And now if I'm going to present myself on a dating app or online, I have all that in my head. And I'm thinking that that's a lot amount of stress because which picture do I pick to look prettier than that girl? Or which picture do I pick to look as successful as I am and want to be seen where there's pictures of other women that are successful and you can tell it. And that's a female perspective. But what about men? Mm-hmm. Talk about the physical part of it. Maybe wanting to be muscular, wanting to have a picture with your shirt off, something like that, because you're you're looking to present maybe that part of yourself, you know. It's really hard to get personality across when all you have are a couple pictures. One of my clients said she's a very tall person and doesn't want to date someone shorter than her. And people lie about their height. <laughs> like, how do you wow. pull that off once you meet? Oh, because, you know, in the beginning, you have to select. Mm-hmm. I, I want to pick someone between this age and this age and this height and this height. And they make this amount of money. So you're already just filtering through you know, prospects and people who you might naturally feel attracted to because of their personality and, you know, which would outweigh any of the physical characteristics, you know, that the filtering through these dating app sites, you know, do. Right. So, you know, what you were mentioning about men, majority of online daters or online users, I should say, are men actually Hmm. seeking, seeking, you know, a, a potential mate. And, you know, competition exists naturally in dating, right? You want to look better than the the next person. You want to be able to attract a mate. And once you attract a mate, you want to be able to keep that person too, right? So instinctively, there's competition. But what the dating apps do is it intensifies that competition. Kind of as you said, you were looking at this person now and now that's this other person. And then this person, you have a whole list of people that you could be comparing themselves to. And it it just makes, I think, the risk for rejection much greater. I think, too, you know, if you're in a room and there's 50 other single people that, you know, you could potentially date, you don't look at them all as, oh, do I pick this one or do I pick that one or do I? You kind of go, oh, that person I'm attracted to, can I get their attention? Mm. Where when you're swiping, it, it seems as though, those 50 people are all equal in terms of them wanting you and you wanting them. And I don't think that's true, but no. that's, you, you have no other information. It's so one dimensional, mm-hmm. right? Right. It's like a, you're shopping online, Amazon. Yeah. But when you're in a room, you don't think of all those other people as potential partners. You, you select very easily. It's very easy to tell if you are attracted to someone, if you're in the room with them or not. Mm-hmm. Right, right. 
So uh, to piggyback off of something that you mentioned earlier was the other senses beyond vision that you get when you're in the same room with someone. A lot of couples have met in bars, for example. That's a great social watering hole. So if you're in a bar and you're looking around, like you said, Jean, you have more information. Mm -hmm. So this one man might be attractive to me, right? But who is he talking to and how close are they? And that's already not someone that I'm going to approach because I can tell there's like flirtation over there or they're in a relationship, right? And then the other guy, he might be physically attractive, but I see how he's acting and I hear his tone of voice. And all of this, you're right, I'm grabbing all of this and our minds are incredibly complex mm -hmm. and they organize things based off of our own experiences. So I can see for one minute that guy might be acting like someone who I used to be in a relationship with and that's not right for me. When you take a picture and you put that online, where is that person in that moment in terms of their emotions or their self-esteem or even their availability, right? Like you're saying, if, you, if you're in the presence of another person and you see them sort of hanging on another person, you get the idea that they're with someone. Mm -hmm. If it's a picture of them, they could have 12 other someones and you would have no idea. Yeah. Right? Or be married or unavailable in lots of ways. Absolutely. Right. So something that you both had, um, that Ray, you had mentioned was rejection. So that's one of my questions. First of all, rejection sucks. Now, how do you suggest people move forward in the dating scene when it doesn't seem to be working? How do they move forward in the dating scene mm -hmm. if like they are being rejected? Sure. Right? So like, let's say first, we're talking about digitally. First, if I'm not getting matches, people aren't responding to my messages. Mm -hmm. And then the second step is I went out with somebody and I went out with multiple somebodies and they're not responding, you know, like ooh, our relationship has not continued. See, I, I think that, you know, that kind of form of dating can, as I said, increase the risk of rejection, but also increase the amount of anxiety that someone can potentially feel, right? If you're in a bar and you see someone, <clears throat> or if you just see someone in public and you want to get to know them a little bit more, and you approach them, you've already built up enough courage to be able to do that, mm. right? So you're getting yourself ready for it and you move, you know, with that, that amount of confidence to get you to do that. And you're already accepting the fact that you may be rejected and you're already preparing for that. I think online, it gives you this false sense that, you know, that, that the person's going to reach out to you regardless, right? You're just, you're sending out this message. You're not really prepared for rejection. And then if you don't get a response, you, you don't know, right? And I think that's the worst part of it is not really knowing where the other person is at. Mm -hmm. Did the person get your message? Mm -hmm. You know, are right. they, do they not check their account, you know, for months, <laughs> you know, did they see your message, but then they forgot about responding back to you? You have no idea. And so your mind is left to, to wander and to think about all these worst case scenarios. And ultimately, it just points right back at you. I must be the problem here. Mm. And, and, and I think that the way our human brain works is when we don't have an answer, we fill in the blanks. And the online stuff, there's not a direct rejection. You don't know. 
you don't know if, if it was a technical glitch. You don't know if what what is the reason all you know is something's not happening. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know that you're going to internalize. And I, and I think that takes a pretty heavy toll on your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where a lot of anxiety would come in is that, yeah, what do you do if this isn't working? Because I think by the time people get to online dating, they kind of have given up of meeting someone just sort of organically. Do you think that, like, let's say the 20-something year old in 2019, do you think that their first stop for dating is organically? And then they go to online? Because I have a, my assumption is no. That they go online first. Yes. I think that what we've seen is other people sort of encourage them to go online. You know, like maybe they're in a relationship in high school or in college and that then there's a breakup and then everyone's like, oh, you got to get on an app or something. I don't know how much younger people are using it for relationships. I think they're using it for hooking up. The larger population in the dating sites like Match.com are older people, like middle age and actually a little bit older. Mm-hmm. And they are looking for serious relationships, you know, and I think it really depends on what app you're really using. You know, Tinder can be more of a, a hookup type of app that people would use. And, you know, in our in our uh, podcast where we interviewed single people, they did talk about that, mm-hmm. right, about that app being more like of, of a hookup. Right. Versus, you know, like eHarmony or Match where you actually have to invest money you have to pay for it. You know, we've seen that people are much more serious and looking for a long-term relationship when they use apps like that. And it's you usually have the to free ones. Invest time into those, like eHarmony. eHarmony that takes a long time to fill out mm-hmm. that yeah. questionnaire. Yeah. You know, as as far as that, to answer your question about what advice would we give to someone who is receiving that rejection, and not getting responses and really getting frustrated with that. What we've done with with clients that have come in and that we've worked with is we would actually take a look at the profiles that they put up, Mm. right? We would take a look at the pictures that they choose. And the questions we would ask them is, well, what message are you trying to send out? Like, what kind of partner are you trying to attract into your life, right? Because this picture of you partying with your girlfriends in Vegas is not going to get that person that you're looking for. Mm. It's not going to attract a guy who is looking for a serious long-term relationship, right? So we, we come from the premise of like attracts like, right. you know, and that what you put out there, whether it's direct or indirect as far as a message, you are going to attract back. Yeah, I know one couple that we podcasted that met online, she was attracted to the book he was reading because it was a self-help book and that's kind of the only book she read. So she thought, well, here's somebody who is like-minded, right? And that was more important to her than other things. We had another couple that they got, they met online as well. And she responded to him and he never responded back. Mm. And so she kind of chased him a little bit and they're married now. So, and and I don't think he would actually reject her. He just didn't look or he didn't, I don't remember exactly why he didn't respond. You know what? He said that he he didn't do the paid site. Right. Right. Or something like there was a problem with his account and he was trying to, 
you know, kind of re-up or pay for the site or something like that. And yeah, it was so, technology. Right, it was a t- technology issue. Hmm. <laughs> and if she hadn't chased them, they wouldn't be married today. Right, and like maybe if she hadn't, so let's talk about the other circumstance. She could have chased him, which she did, and then found out that he is rejecting her. He's choosing to mm-hmm. not talk to her anymore, right? Right. But she wouldn't have known that unless she took the steps yeah. to find out. Yeah, there's this concept of the love bank. I forget the person again. She says that, you know, if you are hanging around with another person and they make enough deposits and you weren't initially attracted to them, that'll flip and you'll become attracted to them. And so I think that's why people who are in proximity to each other end up falling in love because they work together or they're in school together. They have to see each other all the time. So maybe someone who you didn't necessarily initially find attractive over time you would, but you don't have that opportunity online. Mm, I see. So we're talking a lot about the anxiety that these digital ways of dating can give people and how some of them aren't so much for looking for a long-term partner, but um, people are using them for hookups, like you said, right? Maybe that physical attraction and that's all they need for the moment. So if we're talking about Someone, again, I'll say 20 something, right? Who's looking for, again, they've grown up with these kind of things around. Mm -hmm. They don't remember a time without them. They're looking for a partner. They're, you know, they're probably not talking about 40 years from now. It's hard to think that far in the future, but they're looking for somebody to go out with, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, right? What should they do? That's a really general question. I think becoming a whole person is the most important thing a person can do. So if you have different ways of getting your needs met, maybe you have an animal in your life for affection, or you get massage therapy, or you take classes and you have friendships, and you surround yourself with a whole life, then you are going to attract someone who is healthier and whole as well. If you come across as needy or desperate, then you're going to get that back as well. Yeah, I think that if you are really portraying yourself as authentic, Mm -hmm. and that this is who I am, right? This is what I enjoy doing. This is what I'm looking for in my life, right? And and you put it out there and you don't try to be someone that you're not. You don't try to be funny. You don't try to, and just trying you know, just manufacture something that's fake, then you are going to attract into your life people who are genuine also. And and that will come across in the profiles and how you put yourself out there online. You know, they, they say that more than 50% of people lie on their profiles. And so if that's the case, then when you are looking online at someone's profile, you are already you you have this feeling of of skepticism that you don't trust what they're saying. You don't believe what they're saying, right? And you have to start reading into everything that you see, right? Just think about starting a relationship off on that foot. Right. You know, with deception, with distrust, with this inability of being able to, you know, trust what your partner is saying is true, you know? And and so that's why, you know, we, we recommend that people 
be upfront, honest. Say, if you want to get married, say that you want to get married, mm-hmm. right? Because people think, well, if I put that out there, I'm going to scare some people away. Well, you want to scare those people away. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Right? Those are yeah. the people you don't want to waste time going on dates with. The other thing I think that's important is there are, there are people who use those type of platforms and then they don't, they don't go to the sex piece so quickly. And so they're able to convert those people into friends that were not potential mates. So they met through an online dating app. It wasn't a good match. They turned into a friendship because it didn't get messy up front. And then they've met people through that, you know, like it didn't work for me, but I have this friend that you'd probably be a better match with. And so I think slowing down that having sex with someone so quickly is a really important thing to do to create a relationship that feels good and to bond with that person on a different level and to get to know them. Because if it doesn't work out, it doesn't mean you can't be with friends with that person. But if you sleep with them, then that doesn't work out. Yeah, I always tell my clients who are starting to date online that keep in mind, all you're doing is just going out and meeting people. That is it. You shouldn't have any more pressure on yourself that, you know, I, I need to find the right person, you know, or I don't want to waste time. Just You're just going and finding people to spend time with, to enjoy their company and start up a friendship. And if things go from there and become much more serious, then great, right? But if you put that pressure on yourself right up front, then you're going to sabotage the whole process. Right. Come across as desperate and needy. Right. And when you were talking about being upfront, being honest, and trying to be authentic, which can be really hard to do when you're dating online, mm-hmm. a talk show host that I watch a lot of, they often say, you can't ask the wrong question to the right person. So as you were saying, Ray, you want to scare off the people who aren't right for you, who aren't on that same path, Mm -hmm. you know, and non-negotiables is something that you want to get out there when you're dating. Right. Especially, I think, if you're already an adult, especially an older adult, right? I feel like you're a little more established. You know what your values are. You know what's right for you, what's wrong for you, what you're going to take and what you're not going to take. When you're a little bit younger, teenage, young adult, you don't have as much experience and you're still figuring out your own identity. So I think it can be harder to have non-negotiables, but then that's how you learn, right? You find out I've dated this person and they ended up having one of my Mm non-negotiables. And now when I'm looking for a partner later on in life, I know I'm not going to want someone who does that or who values that or who acts in that way. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, creating standards for yourself, boundaries and expectations is very important for any relationship, regardless of whether you meet them face to face or you meet them online. Right. And and knowing that is that's self-discovery work. Right. That takes a person really figuring out who they are, what they want in life and, you know, and what what path they need to take to get that. Mm -hmm. When when you bring it back to anxiety, anxiety is really an inactive emotion. It's a fear of something that isn't present or isn't real necessarily. And the best way to get through anxiety is by repetition. And so if you're not saying hello to people on elevators or you're not introducing yourself to a coworker 
or all the different ways we have to interact with people in the world, you're not practicing. And then you get in front of a potential mate and it's, your anxiety is going to go through the roof. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even if you're saying hi to someone 50 years older than you or a small child or any, all of that is practice and it develops your personality so that you can learn how to express yourself and connect with other people. And in the way that you want to represent yourself in the moment, Mm -hmm. because even though online are ad, those are advertisements, as you've mentioned, those pictures of us and maybe the little blurb that we put underneath our name or our profile, you're always representing yourself. It's always like an ad by how you dress, how your face looks, you know, your expressions, your tone of voice and everything else. Another recommendation I would make is to meditate, to even before you write your profile, kind of sit and get quiet and close your eyes and think about what you'd really want in a potential relationship and who you really would like to attract and how you would like to feel. And attaching that kind of presence and energy around it, it makes a difference in a strange way. And there's completely no side effects. And if you have anxiety, you probably should be meditating anyways, because it's going to help with that as well. So I would really recommend that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's all part of that self-discovery and understanding yourself. And, you know, having anxiety is something that all of us experience. Now, it's on a spectrum, obviously. Some people experience more of it than others, right? But knowing more about yourself, you know, you get to understand your limitations of anxiety, where it begins, where it ends, and then also how that's going to interact with a potential relationship, potential mate, right? Someone who would be understanding of it and supportive of it, right? And that's part of that mate selection process as well. You know, you don't want to come across as someone who has all everything put together, you know, and then attract someone who is not going to be tolerant or not going to be supportive, you know, of some of your shortcomings. There's a lot of good information in this episode. And I think how we'll end it, because something that you all talk a lot about on your podcast and your different forms of social media are to date your partner, to go out on fun, exciting dates, And you give off many, many examples. You are total foodies, so you go out to eat a lot and you like to discover and try different things. So I would love a recommendation from each of you for just one specific date idea for the single person who they have met someone, they're going out on a date, maybe a blind date, right? And what should they do? One of the things that I would really highly recommend is bring a piece of paper and cut it into 10 strips and each person write down five questions. And then you put the questions like in a pile and whatever question you pick is what you have to answer, even if it's one of your own. And they can be questions that are silly. They can be questions that are serious, but it's, it's a way to have a different type of conversation than how are you? What do you do for a living? You know, it might be something like, you know, if you could have dinner with anyone alive or dead, who would you want to have dinner with? Something like that. Something more just discovery kind of things. Mm. I think one of the things we also talked about was, you know, doing new activities 
versus just sitting across the table over dinner, right? So go to the, you know, axe throwing bar and paint and sip, paint and sip or, you know, they have those escape rooms now, right? Something that's just going to bond you, you know, over an activity and something that's exciting and fun. Even wine tasting or cooking classes at a restaurant. Right. I mean, even if it doesn't turn out, you know, that this person's going to be a, a mate, right? A potential long-term partner, you at least get to experience something fun, you know, with a friend. Yeah. And then you don't feel like you wasted your time. At least you got to do something cool. Right. So this has been the Butterflies in My Stomach podcast. We've been talking with Dr. Ray and Jean Cadcodian. What would you like to leave us with? I love you, Angie. <laughs> Everyone should be listening to Butterflies in My Stomach podcast because she gives some really great tips and insights about anxiety with also a lot of great guests that come on and, and talk about their experience with anxiety. So everyone should uh, hit that that subscribe button and uh, leave a comment. Yeah, especially leave a comment because I don't know if everyone knows this, but Angie also has some anxiety. And I know this is one of the things that you have chosen to push yourself through your anxiety to even create a podcast. And so just like us, we want to lead by example. We want our relationship to be something and we don't ask other people to do what we're not doing. And you're doing the same thing with your podcast of pushing through your anxiety to help other people with anxiety. It's awesome. And I do love you, Ange. Thank you. So, so my question was, what would you like to leave us with? And I get a public expression of love and a public endorsement for my project. So lovely. Thank you. It's been lovely chatting with you. Thank you very much for having us. Thanks, Ange. So we hope you like listening to the perspective of having us be interviewed about a topic. It was uh, a, a wonderful opportunity uh, to be interviewed by Angela. And again, we um, can't say enough about her podcast. And, uh, and you can also work with her personally through the Lighthouse. Uh, she does teletherapy. Correct. Um, so, you know, you can always contact Lighthouse Emotional Wellness Center in Schaumburg, Illinois, but she works all over the country. We want to wholeheartedly thank you for joining us and for listening to Couple Synergy. We hope that by listening to this episode, it was not only beneficial for your life, but also for your relationship. For all you listening out there, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review on iTunes. We would really appreciate that. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, which is also available for single people, right? right. We, we want to let people know out there that it's not just for couples. Uh, the Couples Weekend Intensive and our premier program called Couple to Couple. Look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Till next time, synergize your life, synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.